Hello and welcome to Season 4 of Wait a Week Mystery. This is your host and author, J.C. Bodden. If you've been with me before, you'll know that each week I present a chapter from one of my novels. We've done three seasons so far, one for each of my first three books. If you're joining us in the middle of things, then you might want to go back and start at the beginning, or at least at the beginning of a season. Each book is a standalone, but they are all part of the series and flow basically in chronological order. So, on to this week's podcast, in which I'll be reading to you from my novel Nightwatch, which is the fourth book in the Devil on a Quinn series. If you like what you hear and can't wait a week for the next chapter, Nightwatch, as well as the other three books in the series, is available in both Kindle and paperback format from Amazon. And as always, if you'd like to order this or any of my books, click on the link in the podcast info to visit my website, jcbodden.com. Now let's not wait any longer. Here we go with the exciting conclusion of Nightwatch, episode 418, chapter 18. Max lived in and out of consciousness. He was vaguely aware of the argument with Mindy, the arrival of the backup officers, the screeching siren of the ambulance. He thought he was dreaming when he saw his mother's worried face looking down at him from above, the night stars surrounding her head like a halo. He felt himself loaded onto the stretcher, heard Travis's voice, watched as the ambulance doors closed. The rough ride in the ambulance was hard to take. He threw up at least once. When he opened his eyes again, he was in a hospital bed. He tried to move, to sit up. It was impossible. There was too much pain, and his arm didn't work right. He closed his eyes again, trying to will away the pain. It didn't work. The next time he opened his eyes, his mother was there, a gentle smile on her face. Hey, Mac, she said softly. How are you feeling? He squinted at her, swallowed. I got shot? Yes. By Roger Dubose? Yes. Chief O'Quinn says it was an accident. The gun went off when Tucker Wilder was trying to subdue him. My shoulder? Yes, you've had surgery. You're going to be fine. He closed his eyes and let himself drift back into sleep. The next time he opened his eyes, the sun was shining through the window. He saw his sister Meredith sitting in the chair beside his bed. Hey, he said, surprised at how his voice croaked. Hey there, Mac, Meredith said. She stood and took his hand in hers. How you feeling? Like hell, he answered, although he did manage a smile. What's today? Wednesday. A frown crossed his face. Not Monday? You developed a post-op infection. Ran a pretty high fever. It's under control now. She squeezed his hand. Mom? She's been here the whole time. She just went down to the cafeteria for some lunch. Miriam and Miranda are with her. They'll be right back. Meredith angled her head to the other side of his bed. Tracy's been here the whole time, too, Mac. Mac turned his head. Tracy was standing, holding the rail of the side of his bed. She smiled at him. Hey, Gabriel, she said softly. Hey, he grinned. Her hair was pulled back off her face, and she wore no makeup. Her face was somehow paler, thinner than he remembered. There were dark smudges under her eyes. Her eyes were wide, worried. He felt that shift inside again. She had never looked more beautiful. Meredith cleared her throat. I'm going to go check on Mom. Let her know you're awake again, Mac. She bent and kissed his cheek. He never took his eyes off Tracy. When the door had closed behind his sister, Mac reached up and took Tracy's hand and tugged. 
She leaned over the rail of his bed and kissed him gently. Hey, babe, he said again. Hey. She looked at him, studied his face, his eyes. For the first time since all this started, he looked completely lucid. She brushed his hair off his forehead. You've been here the whole time? She nodded, the lump in her throat keeping her from speaking. Why? She looked at him, wondering what he meant. After a moment, she found her voice. What do you mean, why? Why have you been here the whole time? Because you were shot. I heard the whole thing on the phone. I went to the hospital, met the ambulance at the ER. They took you to surgery. Then you got the infection. They had to take you back into surgery, drain your shoulder, put you on IV antibiotics. But what about work? Elliot was very understanding. She stayed home with Reese part of the time, and part of the time my roommate Rachel watched him. Didn't go home to your apartment at all? No, Rachel brought me some things. Slept in that chair? Ate crappy hospital food? Since Sunday night? Yes. Why? I I was worried about you. He pulled her hand. Say it. His face broke into that famous grin. Lopsided, crooked front incisor, brilliant white teeth. Say it? She felt that familiar tug in her stomach. Yeah, say it. I like to hear you say it. She smiled and brushed the tears off her face. Because I love you, Gabriel Francis McTaggart. I love you too, Tracy Lee Watson. It was Wednesday evening. Mac was feeling well enough to sit up in bed and eat a little supper. There was a knock at his door and then it opened. Devlin O'Quinn stood in the hallway. Hey, Chief, come on in, Mac said. The room was full of flowers and women. Candace McTaggart and her daughters were laughing and talking all at once, but stopped when they saw who Mac's visitor was. Tracy stepped to the door and took Devlin's hand. Come on in, Uncle Devlin. Hey, little Mac, how you doing? I'm better, thanks, Chief. Surrounded by women. Devlin stepped into the room, letting the door swing shut behind him. Wow, the whole McTaggart clan. He nodded at Mac's mother and sisters. Tracy Lee? Your stitches are out? Tracy asked as she peered at his face. A thin red line ran across the top of his eyebrow before it angled down close to his eye. Yep, got him out this morning. And look at this. He gestured at his ankle. The doctor finally gave me a walking cast. He told me he might as well, since I insisted on walking around on the old one anyway. In the dark. At night. After it rained all day. Devlin chuckled. He turned to Mac, his face suddenly serious. Mac, I want to apologize. You don't have to do that, Chief, Mac said with a tilt of his head. Yes, yes I do. I screwed up pretty bad. Said some things I didn't mean. Let you got shot. I'm sorry. Chief, Mac raised his good hand, raked his fingers through his hair. Roger DuBose is the one who screwed up. The only thing you're guilty of is coming along behind him and cleaning up the mess. Devlin smiled and patted Mac on the leg. Your daddy would be proud of you, son. Chief, Mac said. There is one thing. I gotta know the whole story. The smile left Devlin's face. You're sure you're up to it, little Mac? Yes, sir, I want to know. He touched the bandage on his shoulder. I need to know. Devlin took a deep breath. Tracy pulled a chair around for him, and he took it from her with a slight smile. Tracy sat on the edge of the bed and took Mac's hand in hers. Devlin studied his hands for a moment. Then he looked at all the faces, one after the other, before he began. When he spoke, the pain in his smoky green eyes was almost palpable. 
Roger DuBose was my friend and former partner. Candace interrupted. We know how hard this is for you, Chief. You don't have to do this now. Devlin smiled grimly at her. No, Max Wright. He deserves to know. Devlin stared out the window. Sometimes mistakes you make bleed over into someone else's life. Roger didn't set out on this road, but when he found himself on it, instead of trusting the people around him to help him, he tried to fix it himself. He tried to atone for one sin by committing another, and then he thought that sin had to be atoned for with another sin. Devlin stopped and drew a deep breath, ran his fingers through his hair. Roger got into trouble with gambling. He owed a lot of money. When he couldn't get any more money in legitimate deals, he borrowed from the wrong people. He couldn't pay. They began threatening him, threatening Mindy. They killed his dog Friday morning to get his attention. The women gasped. Devlin looked at them and then down at his hands. He was desperate. He robbed New South, but the teller put a dye pack in the bag and ruined that money. He went to the people he owed, tried to explain, to bargain, but they wouldn't listen. They snatched Mindy, apparently just after she had come to talk to me at the station, dragged her off to some abandoned warehouse in the industrial park, beat the shit out of her, taped the whole damn thing, showed it to Roger. Now he was even more desperate. He robbed Compass, threatened to kill the teller if she put a dye pack in them with the money. But even that was only part of what he owed. He convinced them that he would go to Montgomery, pull off some more robberies there. That finally bought him some time. They told him where Mindy was, let him take her home. Now he had to tell her everything. To say she was shocked doesn't begin to cover it. She was hurt, angry. They argued. He called 911 and left her there at the house, told her he would fix it and come back for her. Devlin paused and ran his fingers through his hair again. The banks were closed for the weekend, of course, so he hit a couple of convenience stores. It was quite the little crime spree. The people he owed gave him until Monday night to come up with the rest of the money. He got Mindy out of the hospital Sunday night. They were going to leave town. He thought it was the only option he had left. They were hiding out at the cabin. He figured that with the funeral that no one would notice them that they'd be safe there. They had flights out Monday morning to Jamaica. He had kept enough of the money he stole to buy the tickets. I don't know what the hell he was going to do after that. I'm not sure he knew either. There was silence in the room as Devlin's audience considered everything he had said. Mac was the first to speak. They attacked you to get his attention, Chief? Devlin smiled and shook his head slightly. That had nothing to do with Roger, ironically, even though he thought it did. They had been threatening to hurt people he cared about for quite some time. But it was just like I said all along. I ran up on a drug deal going down at the cabin. They beat the hell out of me just because they could. And you know this because... Mandy got a lead on some of the blood from the cabin. A small-time drug dealer named Marcus Little. Apparently he was trying to move up in the world. Was meeting with some guys out of Atlanta who wanted to move a little more shit through our town. He's in custody now. I kind of feel sorry for him. Sorry for the guy that helped beat you up? Tracy couldn't keep the astonishment out of her voice. Devlin chuckled. Yeah, Elliot was his attorney. He was out on bond, which she had helped arrange, when he and his friends decided to play kickball with my head. She was not a happy camper. I don't know exactly what she said to the man, but let's just say that she's no longer his lawyer, and he rolled on his friends. 
The Atlanta feds have the other guys. What's going to happen to Roger? Max's voice was soft. Elliot's representing him. Bank robbery is a federal case. She's pretty close to working out a deal. Reduced sentence in exchange for his testimony against this gambling ring he got mixed up with. Apparently it's gang-related. The feds had been investigating it for a while. Anyway, I don't think he'll have to do too much time for that. As far as the kidnapping and assault with a deadly weapon, Devlin's voice trailed off and he ran his fingers through his hair. Chief, Max said, his voice rough. Don't do that. Don't press those charges. Let it go. Devlin took a deep breath and then studied Max's face. No, little Mac, I can't let it go. Roger could have killed you. He's got to face the consequences. Besides, what kind of chief of police would I be if I let Roger off the hook just because he's my friend? Anyway, that's the district attorney's call, not mine. Devlin looked around, smiling at the faces surrounding him. Well, that's enough of all that. I'm going to get out of here. I'm glad you're doing better, little Mac. He stood and reached over to shake Mac's hand. Then he kissed Tracy on the cheek. And you look a lot better than you did the last time I saw you, Tracy Lee. So, Mac, when do you get out of here? Mac smiled. Doc says tomorrow if I'm still doing good. Devlin put his hands on his hips, nodding his head. That's great. Mac cleared his throat. Before you go, Chief, there's a favor I want to ask you. Devlin nodded vigorously. Sure, little Mac, you name it. Mac looked from him to Tracy and then around the room at his family, suddenly nervous. He looked back at Devlin and smiled shyly. Saturday afternoon at the chapel in the Pines? I was wondering if you would stand up for me? Devlin didn't understand. He leaned forward. Stand up for you? Yes, sir. As my best man, Tracy Lee and I are getting married. And that, friends, is the conclusion of Nightwatch, the fourth book in the Devlin O'Quinn mystery series. I hope you've enjoyed it. Next week, we will begin a new book and a new series. We'll start with Chapter 1 of Echo Chamber, which is the first book in my newest series, Devlin's Legacy. I hope you will return, and as always, in the meanwhile, happy waiting. <laughs>